Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the midweek edition of the CNC Sports Power Hour. I don't have my main my main co-host with me today, but I have uh, another co-host joining me, um, Jose Ledesma. He uh, runs his own podcast as well, and um, I'll let him tell you where you can find that, where you can find that. Um, Jose, what's up? What's going on, Chris? Uh, yeah, my name is Jose Ledesma. For everybody that don't know, um, I do have my own podcast with Anchor, the the app. And also with Spotify and hopefully everywhere else you can get podcasts. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's the Jose Ledesma Sports Talk Show. Uh, and, and right now that, that name's under construction. I might change it within the upcoming weeks. Uh, my Instagram, uh, where you can get my podcast, the links in the description is PR underscore poppy 916. Um, uh, just like Chris, you know, uh, I've, I've done it a few more weeks, but but still like like Chris, like I mentioned, is starting out, you know, mostly just football is what my podcast is about. Uh, I will mention probably basketball in the future when it comes to trades and, and offseason stuff, but uh, football is what I know best, and, and that's what I'm doing right now. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, let's let's stay off the basketball. I ain't trying to talk about no LeBron or no Lakers right now. Oh, no, man, me neither, man. <laughs> we, need, we need to get in what we were already talking about earlier, man, so that, that's what we need to get into. Definitely, definitely. So this is gonna. This is the um, this is the 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 forty nine er, um, week five quarter of the season almost done edition, and I'm just gonna start off, Jose. This is it's not going as planned. Oh no, definitely not. Um, definitely not, man. As you know, the the defense right now is a is, is definitely got a lot of problems, man. And the reason why I feel this is on the the coaches in particular, uh, Sala and. Shanahan is Saturday. Um, I don't know if you 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 know all the transactions that go on day to day, but um, Sala and Shanahan had brought in a guy named Brian Allen from the practice squad, who they had just signed from the practice squad literally two days before he was activated to the active roster. Wait, 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 and, wait, wait, wait. Was that number forty-eight? Yeah, forty-eight. Who was getting cooked all game? Jesus Christ. Um, but, but here's but here's the problem I have with not just bringing up a guy like that that you just signed from the street, but you knew Akella Witherspoon was somewhat healthy to play and start this game, and you know you run a system that has only one safety over the top. So if you're going to bring a guy from the street like that, you should be running a lot more cover two or cover two trap or hell even cover four. You got to have a safety over the top for him specifically because you know he's going to struggle. Um, we're a three high coverage defense with two corners that play deep and then the one safety in the middle. Like that's all. And then you, you just sign a guy from the street and what do you expect besides him getting cooked? And without Sherman, we've been running a lot more man coverage than we're comfortable or at least been doing these last couple of years since Shanahan and Sala got there. And the reason that is because Sherman's obviously old and, and the Achilles heel is a real thing and they don't, trust him in man coverage especially with what you've seen in the super bowl unfortunately uh, where a couple times he got cooked by sammy watkins and hill um so now with sherman within uh, not in the lineup you can tell they're more comfortable running man but then you shouldn't be running man if you got a guy from the street i i i, I felt you know Sally left him out there on his own way too long i mean right. the first the first couple of possessions you should have said Okay, this guy can do it. And, you know, he's a guy from, the, like you said, a practice squad player. You can't come in and expect him to be a shutdown corner. You you need you need to provide him help. But I, I just don't – I think they left him out there too long. But by the time they started bringing help, I mean, we were already down. And, I mean, that's – that's 
I think one of the big issues this year is I don't know if it's exposing Salah or his his scheme, but he 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 seems to be wanting to run his same scheme, but he don't have the same players to run it. Right. Okay. That's that's perfect. You brought that up because I was going to use that as my next point. So the problem with Sala, and I've been saying this since we've brought in Sala, instead of bringing in a Gus Bradley or, or someone else who can run that same Seattle scheme that we run right now. So Sala is is a great who he would be a great head coach because he's a great motivator. He's a great talker. Um, he's great intangibles when it comes to speaking and just being a leader in general. He is not a great X's and O's guy, and and the re and, and that's. This Dolphins game is a perfect example of that. You know you're bringing a guy in from the street because you, a killer Witherspoon tells you 30 minutes before the game starts he's not going to play. So like I already mentioned, you should be running a lot more too high safety type looks to help him out. Um, and Sala, uh, here, here's the thing to, with, uh, to make my point. He is great when things are going well talent-wise. When you got all these guys, when you got a Sherman, when you got a DeForest Buckner, when you got D Ford and Nick Bosa and all these and all these players, of course it's gonna look good when you have all this talent to help the, the back end. And right now you're depleted and like you already said, you're still running the same scheme, making no adjustments, and it just doesn't make sense. Like the great coordinators in this league, offense or defense, they adjust to their talent. They don't they don't sit there and make fourth or fifth string guys run the same scheme, knowing that there there's a reason why they're fourth and fifth string guys. That's that's a, that, that's that's the reason Bill Belichick's so great. I mean, from game right. from game to game, his his scheme is different, his, his his playbook is different, and you know he knows his talent, he knows his players, and that's 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 what makes him great. And yeah, I was I was I mean, Saleh Saleh, yeah, like you said, he gets all the credit last year when when we were you know best defensive in the league. We had the we had the pass rush. We had to be able, we could cover, and he got you know all the credit that you know in the world. And then this year, I don't know, maybe it seemed like he got a little big headed and said, "Well, I can still do it. You know, we can. We, I can. My scheme will still work." And I mean, for what attempt? I mean, overall defense, we're still in the top ten in the league. Um, I mean, we don't give up too many points uh, besides this game, uh, but obviously we haven't played a, a murderer's row that that's coming up. You know, the next seven games. Um, well, yeah, these next seven games, man, is the hardest in the NFL by far, um, and it's not even close. There's no seven-game stretch probably in the history of the NFL that, that is this crazy. I mean, all seven games we're playing are all playoff teams from last year, and, and whether they're playoff teams this year is a, a different debate, but, you know, when, you, when you're playing a seven-game stretch like we're playing, which is going to involve the Saints, the Packers, the Seahawks, um, uh, Seahawks twice, actually, the Patriots, you got the, uh, and, and the Bills. You got the Rams. You got, you got the Rams in there. Oh yeah, the Rams. Yes, and, and that's actually going to be this Sunday. So, um, so it's it's not it's not hard to think that if you if you if we play like we did against Miami, seven weeks from now we're going to be two and ten. Oh no, facts. And 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 this is why how I feel the way I saw uh, about Saul is the way I feel because literally this reminds me of exactly 2018. This is 2018 all over again, minus the the, the ACL of Jimmy being torn like your defense doesn't have the talent it is and right now you're just uh copy paste uh the repeat all over again but without the same talent and and, and he and solid being exposed and then and coming back to what you said about bill belichick yes yes he's the the greatest defense coordinator of all time and head coach of all time not just because of his adjustments but because of the way he built that defense 
um, he adjusted through as the times have changed. So what I mean by that is in the early 2000s, when he won those two out of three Super Bowls, um, back when Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady yet, and he had a win with defense, you had a front seven that was ferocious with the Teddy uh, Brewskis and the William McGinnises. And uh, of course, you had guys like Ty Law in the back end, but you, you had, them, really had a you front had, seven. You had the big boys, Vince Wilfork. You had the, the big boys oh, yeah, up there. Yeah, time went on. Yeah, of course. Vince, y'all love some Vince Wilfork. He's a, he was a beast in his time. Oh, yeah. But as time has progressed and it's become more of a passing league now, especially since um, 2011, 2012. He started developing more corners and, and signing more corners. I mean, hell, the greatest example of this is Stephon Gilmore, the highest played player uh, player on the team in, in Bill Belichick's uh, tenure. He's never given out a contract like he did to Stephon Gilmore in 2016 or 2017, I believe it was. Um, it was a five-year, $65 million extension at that time, and that was like the richest contract Bill Belichick's ever given out. Why? Because he's adjusted. He knows that we're becoming more pass- passive in this league he realizes the rules are starting to lean more towards the offensive side of the game so you bring in more corners and you draft more corners and you develop them and and he, he uses the back end to then allow the pass rush to get there if you get what i'm saying yeah like with the niners we're, we're forcing the four, uh, front four to create pressure to then help the secondary which bill is opposite you know, he, he's he's putting these guys in great position and man coverage to then allow the pass rush to get there, and which is what his disciples are trying to do now. Uh, as in Matt Patricia and Brian Flores. Brian Flores obviously being the better example of this, uh, a la the Miami destroying the Niners last Sunday. Right. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, 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 you know, I I don't think uh, Matt Patricia's worked out how they how they expected in in, oh, no. in Detroit. But um, that's you know that's here that's neither here or there. But oh, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I mean, RD. I mean, we're gonna rock. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ride and die with RD. And right now, you know, we've been dying. Um, but speaking of the elephant in the room, let's talk about our quarterback. Oh man, <laughs> um, you can go ahead and start off, man, and and I'll and I'll speak up for what you got to say about that because I know I definitely got some things to say, um, and some and some definitely some interesting things you might not even expect me to say. So I'll, I'll let you go ahead, my man. You know, I, I, I've been a Jimmy supporter since day one. Um, you know, I was glad they brought him in. You know, he got hurt that that first year. Last year, you know, he was great. This year, you know that. The, the injuries hurt him, but I just don't think he, he trusts that leg. Ever since he got that, that major injury, even last year, you can kind of tell that he didn't trust that leg. And now this year with this ankle injury, when they brought him back against Miami, you might as well just put him out there with a crutch. He he could, he could knew he could not trust that leg. And, and then them two ducks he threw, I mean, he just, just flung that ball in the air. And, and you know, that's, that's not Jimmy's game. Jimmy's more precision, short routes. If you want to say dink and dunk, you know, you can say that. But, you know, that's that's Jimmy's game. And, you know, I don't know if it's the O-line. I don't know if it's Shanahan's play calling. But I'm starting to waver on Jimmy. I don't know if he's our franchise quarterback. Um, at times last year, he looked like it. I mean, he brought us back against the Saints. Um, I mean, Kittle had that remarkable catch. But he had three or four games where he he, he brought us back. And, and he won the game for us or put us in position to win the, win the game. Obviously, the Super Bowl kind of exposed him a little bit. Uh, I mean, actually, the whole playoffs. I mean, he, he didn't really do much the whole playoffs. But, I mean, this year, just seeing what I'm seeing, 
I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if he's he's the franchise quarterback. I'm. You know. Now you're hearing rumors of. You know. Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers. I haven't heard Matthew Stafford. You know, coming in after this year. And I mean, to be honest, I think this is his. This is his last year to kind of show what he can do because I believe after this year we can cut or we can trade him or release him without you know losing too much money. They 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 aligned that contract where it was you know team friendly. So, I don't know. What do you think? Is he here for the long term, or is he on his way out? So, I, I, the second part of what you said, I totally agree with. The, the, the contract thing was completely team-friendly. It was only guaranteed the first two years. And then after that, we can basically cut him with only losing like $3 million. Some change. Um, and the whole rumors of, of Matt Ryan and uh, Matthew Stafford, um, that's also true, too. I've heard that as well. Uh, my, my personal opinion, man, is unless he plays at MVP level to finish up the season, which is a 90% probability it's not going to happen, um, <laughs> then Jimmy is out, man. I mean, I don't see how you keep him at the price tag he's at. He's making top 10 quarterback money. And you can say last year he produced at a top 10 level, which the stats say. Um, but honestly, we're a scheme uh, offensively with Jimmy at quarterback. We're a scheme that is a lot of slants, a lot of shorter routes. And, and these guys end up taking it, you know, that 30, 40 yards. So, and then obviously even then, Jimmy threw a lot of interceptions too last year. You know, there's a lot of times where he could have cost us the game. The perfect example of that was um, the first time against the Rams and the Steelers game. Right. Um, those, those are two games where you could have said we should have lost, but because our defense was elite, we won. Um, but Jimmy, I, I think unless he does that, man, like comes out and just – Patrick Mahomes it or or um, Peyton Manning's it the next uh, the rest of the season. I honestly think he's out, man, because the, there's a thing out there that um, has been known for a while that when Shanahan got to San Francisco, he wanted Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he wanted he, that. That was his guy. He, he that was the guy. That was, yeah. it, it was his and his dad's love time back when they were in Washington together. When when his dad was the head coach. Uh, they wanted Kirk Cousins. They didn't want RG. RG three was Dan Snyder's thing. He came in and was like, "You're going to trade for Kirk Cousins. I mean, for RG three, and you're going to bring him in, and he's going to be the franchise. I don't care what you have to say about it. No ifs, ands, or buts." So that's why it was kind of weird when you saw them take RG three second overall, but then turn around in the third round and draft Kirk Cousins. And people were trying to brush it off as, oh, he's going to be the great backup, blah, blah, blah. No, that was Shanahan, both Shanahan's giving a big middle here to Dan Snyder and saying he's going to be our quarterback. And then, unfortunately, RG3 had injuries, which you can blame on either Shanahan or RG3. But, unfortunately, they were able to basically prove Dan Snyder wrong. Because Kirk Cousins, whether he won or not, is, you know, a different argument. But he produced. He threw up the numbers, and he proved he can play in that system at a pretty high level. Um, me, personally, I don't like I don't like Kirk Cousins at all. He's proven to be a career loser. Um, I don't care what type of stats he throws up. I don't care if it's 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. But if you only won seven games, I don't I don't care about the stats. Um, I agree. I'm not a Cousins uh, fan. Um uh, if, if you ask me, me personally, I say if the offseason, if we are going to actually go for it and get rid of Jimmy, the two candidates have to be Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford. Um, and here's why. Matthew Stafford, um, has I've been a huge supporter of Matt Stafford. I, 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 I believe if Matthew Stafford was drafted into a better organization, he'd be a surefire Hall of Famer by now. 
Oh, big facts. That's that's not. I, I will fight ne- tooth and nail against anybody who disagrees with that because. If you go to the Detroit Lions, it's been proven no matter how good you are, your career dwindles and dies at some point. I mean, hell, they've refused to give money back to their two best players in franchise history, a la Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. They've owed those guys at least four millions each, and they both just said, nah, thanks for your time, but we're not going to give you your money. <laughs> and, there's no, and there's no point for those guys to sue because they're going to spend that money in legal fees anyway. Right. So, I mean, Detroit, man, it's just been always been a mess since the 50s and the 60s. Uh, that was like the last time they were ever relevant. Yeah. Um, and, and Matthew Stafford, talent-wise, he'll, he'll fit the Shanahan system perfect. He has a huge arm. He's mobile enough um, about Jimmy's type of mobility. Uh, I, don't, and, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. Jimmy, this year, Jimmy looked like he can't move at all. Oh, well, I mean, I don't say it's because he can't move. I think he's just... Like you mentioned, the mental thing with the leg, and he's just scared to. I think that's just honestly what it comes down to. It's mental. And I think it's always been mental with Jimmy because we haven't seen a good Jimmy since he came in and won that five-game stretch in his first year back in 2017. And that, at that point, his, his you-know-what was hanging all the way to the floor. He felt like no one could stop him. Right. That's, so, how, he, that's how he became porn star Jimmy. Right, exactly, with, with that lady. So um, that's, you know, that's what happened. And then ever since, like you said, the ACL injury, he just mentally is just not the same guy. He's too scared. That's why you see those log passes, because he's not planting and throwing off that back foot like he should. Um, but, yeah, back to Matt Stafford. I think between him and Matt Ryan, I would take the chance with Matthew Stafford because he's a couple years younger than Matt Ryan. And also, he has a better arm than Matt Ryan. They're both nine-year veterans, or at least at least nine-year veterans. I think Matt Ryan's twelve years at this point. Um, but Matthew Stafford has been in the league for a while. He's he's a smart guy. Like I already mentioned, his athleticism is just as good is better than Jimmy's. So why not take a chance with a better talent? Because uh, Matt Ryan, we already seen his peak. His peak was with Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl. 28-3, and we know what happened there with that team. They collapsed like how the Niners did in the Super Bowl last year. Um, but he's, but obviously with um, Matt Ryan being 36, I believe he is 36. With him being 36, it's kind of hard to pull a trigger on a quarterback at that age. Matt Ryan, he's only 31, 32, so and his contract is cheaper than Matt Ryan's, so that's another reason why I feel you should take the chance with a Matt Ryan um, rather than uh, Kirk Cousins. So, okay, or, so... Or, or, um, or, I'm sorry, a chance with uh, Stafford rather than a Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins. Okay, no, I, I agree. I like Stafford. Um, last last, uh, last little bit on, on this issue as far as other quarterbacks, what are the chances Aaron Rodgers becomes available? Oh, man. I mean, before the season, if you would ask me this question, I would have said it's honestly 50-50. Like, there's a, there's a real possibility he could have been available after uh, – not not this year, but after this year. Um, this, this, but, then that would be the guy we go after. Oh, no, yeah, most definitely. Aaron Rodgers is, is – a, is a, Stephen A. Smith likes to say he's a bad man. And he, he's, you know? he's from Chico. Bring him home. You know? Yeah, yeah you bring know, him you home. Know, and you know? that's honestly for another day we could debate about this, but – 
that should have been the guy who we should have picked in the first place. But that's neither here nor there. That was 15 years ago. Yeah, let's not bring um, up, let's not bring up bad memories. I know, I know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's neither here nor there. But you know, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers is ideal choice, but with how hot he's playing right now, no one's going to be able to afford that trade unless they're going to give up a. Um, an Aaron Rodgers times three type trade. Like, unless you're going to give up five first rounders, you're not right. going to touch Aaron Rodgers. Right. Um, especially with how he's playing right now. They're going to they're gonna sit there and say, hey, you know what? Even though we drafted Jordan Love, he can sit for four or five years like Aaron Rodgers did. Yeah, I mean, and, and, I, I, and, I, and, I, and for, for whatever reason, I thought Rodgers' contract was up after this year. But just looking at it, he's he signed through 2023. So, yeah, uh, yeah that no, was, he got okay. that extension last year right. when uh, Matt, Matt LaFleur came in. He got the three- or four-year extension. So, I mean, obviously, uh, that's the that's the one every 49er fan should be clamoring <laughs> for. But the way, the way he's playing right now, he's going to be untouchable uh, no matter what happens in the offseason. He's going to be untouchable. No one's – and if they – like I said, if they do trade for him, you're going to have to give up your entire future for it. Got it. Uh, got so, it. So, I mean, but, hey, you never know. Maybe Jordan Love in the offseason just – just shows that he's the guy, and maybe people, someone can get lucky, and or maybe they, maybe they flame out in the divisional game, or you know, maybe they, maybe they just choke in the playoffs, and you know, Rogers is that kind of, he's got that weird personality, like you know, like he's just a little different, and maybe he's like, you know what, I want out of here, you know, I, I, I don't mesh with the floor, you know, you know, he's a little, he's a little different. I mean, yeah, that's how it was looking in the offseason. I mean, as soon as they took Jordan Love, instead of getting him a receiver or a tight end or, or some kind of help, um, he already had went to the media and, was, and kind of was just rolling his eyes like, we were one game away from the Super Bowl and you draft my replacement? Right. Like, like you know, and, and Aaron Rodgers, um, his own family don't even like him. I don't know if you know that. But yeah, yeah, it's a whole – yeah, yeah, it's a – it's a whole thing. Like, like they think he's just an arrogant, cocky bastard who who doesn't talk to them or, or anything. So hey, he, they, he, could, he could be arrogant and cocky and throw 50 touchdown passes for the Niners every year, and I'd be cool with it. Hey, but here's the thing, though. It'll be better if he does it for the Niners because he's back home. Right. Like, like that's that'll be just the dream situation. But it's, it's, it's just at this point, it, it, I don't see it happening, man. Gotcha. And um, so and last last topic I want to talk about today, um, it, this goes back to Jimmy. But is is Shanahan putting him in in the right position to win? I mean, it seems like Shanahan has went away from his 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 run offense. Like we like again when like like Saleh, like it looks like Shanahan he always tries to to outsmart himself and try to think three steps ahead instead of just doing what works. And and you know what I mean. And it's like this this offense looks nothing like it looked like last year. It's you know it's so so I don't know. I guess my question is. I'm not Shanahan's not gonna be on the hot seat, obviously, but he's got a lot to blame for what's going on this year too. Yeah, no, I definitely just like I mentioned about Saul, I'm putting just as much blame on Shanahan because obviously when you're back to the Brian Allen guy, like that's a head coaching decision. Obviously, Sala is gonna tell you about the secondary and what's going on with the defense, but that decision is a John Lynch Shanahan decision, mostly Shanahan. You know, that's on him. So, obviously, I put just as much blame on Shanahan as I do Sala. Because right now, like you mentioned, he tries to outsmart himself. I mean, hell, the perfect example was his last two Super Bowl collapses. I mean, you're up. But let's start with the Falcons. You're up 28-3. to 3. Why are you still throwing the ball? I mean, yes, Matt Ryan fumbled. But why are you still throwing the ball when you're up 28-3? to 3? And in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, I mean, 
Honestly, in my opinion, I give 50-50 blame for that because Shanahan and Jimmy both messed up badly. Because uh, even the play calls that Shanahan did call, there was three of them where Jimmy missed George Kittle and, like, Emmanuel Sanders wide open. Right, so, right. like I said, it goes 50-50. But still, though, you're up 10 points with six, seven minutes to go left in the fourth quarter. And you're telling Jimmy to win the game when your average per carry with Moster was 5, uh, 5.2? So, I, I, I don't understand that. And, and this Dolphins game, the most recent example, you're literally, I know you get down pretty fast by the Dolphins by 21 or 14 points very fast. I understand that point. But you, most of it was still running like 5.4 yards a carry. Like, stick to the wheel and allow other things to open up because Dolphins defense is predicated on stopping the pass, not the running. So, Shanahan, man, he, he gets in his own way, and it's hard to really, like you said, put him on the hot seat because of the fact he got the extension. And that goes back to just being Jed York, who I think is the biggest villain of all for the Niners, um, with me still having hard feelings about him letting Jim Harbaugh go instead of um, the GM at the time, uh, Trent Baalke. Um, so, I still, have, I still have my hard feelings about that, but it goes to Jed York. I mean... There was there was a, there was a, a video I was watching earlier. Um, uh, I forgot the gentleman's name. Uh, I'll shout him out if I can remember it. But for right now, I just don't remember it. Um, he was talking about how the whole reason why Jim Harbaugh didn't get that contract extension after um, that Super Bowl loss was because he felt you shouldn't reward a quote unquote loser who before that you were a, the laughing stock of the NFL up to that point until Harbaugh got there. But then when Shanahan loses the Super Bowl, you give him a three-year extension. So I, I feel you should have let Shanahan play out that extension. I say give give John Lynch the extension because he more than anything deserves it because without him, you know, Chesham and Shanahan, we wouldn't be here. So give it to John Lynch because he's put the players around him to do that. But I would have let me personally, Shanahan, continue to play it out because once he got his extension, what what's happening? You know, you see him in his press conferences, kind of pointing the finger at everybody else but himself. Which, as a head coach, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're totally. supposed to be a, a team guy, not a me guy. Totally, so, totally agree. Totally agree. We got about we got about three minutes left. I just want to hit you with a couple rapid fire questions. You can yep. make them short, yes or no, and we'll end it on that note. Uh, first one: the Niners finish over five hundred. Oh man, that's fifty fifty. I can't even say yes or no. I say no. I'll, I'll go with the no. But as of right now, I'm still going to stay optimistic. But I'll go no. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, is Jimmy our starting quarterback next year? No. That big no. That was quick. That was quick. (laughs) Do you think with all the shuffling that Shanahan's doing with the quarterbacks, you know, in one quarter, benching this guy, you think he's in danger of losing the locker room at all this year? It's possible, um, but I doubt it because of the fact he can control basically everything for the next five years. But it's possible. It's possible. All right. I want to thank uh, Jose Ledesma for coming on the CNC Sports Hour, Sports Power Hour. It was our midweek edition discussing all that's wrong and, uh, I guess, a little bit what's right with the Niners. And, uh, Jose, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, let's see if we can get on a roll and, and get some wins and kind of, kind of, you know, get our season at least looking a little decent. Oh, no, man. I, uh, 
thank you, man. I also appreciate you for uh, letting me come to the show and, you know, voice my opinion and whatnot. I'll obviously be voicing these same opinions in a, in a shorter version on my podcast, uh, the Jose Ledesma Sports Talk Show. Um, but, yeah, man, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate letting me come on here. Um, most of the part, man, like you said, uh, we're basically on the same page with the Niners right now. It's a mess. Uh, it starts with Jed York all the way down to Shanahan and Garoppolo. Um, and, and I just hope we can at least finish on a – whether it's 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, I'll be happy if the season ends at that just because of the injuries alone. Yes, sir. I'll feel you on that, brother. You have a good one. And on that note, thanks for tuning in. Catch you all on the rebound. Have a good night.